All right, let's pray. Father, I love you. I thank you for today. I thank you for uh, just loving us, Lord, and um, just everything you're doing uh, here at HBF and uh, even uh, more pinpointly in the Passpoint class. And uh, Lord, you're just uh, working in the lives of the people. Uh, just look back at the things that have happened even in the last week with the Halloween outreach and uh, just handing out, you know, 1500-ish, uh, you know, pieces of, of scripture and, uh, just being able to be, uh, a light to the community and just hearing, uh, you know, people excited to see us again. And, uh, Lord, I, I just pray that we are a good testimony, uh, to you and your church. And, uh, Lord, as we, you know, switch gears here and, uh, we gain an hour of sleep and it seems like fall is really settling in and we're starting to talk about Thanksgiving and different things. I pray that we are just thankful for you and, uh, what you've done in our lives and, uh, Lord, I just uh, pray for the team that's in Monmouth this morning as they're uh, just serving um, the uh, the church there. And I pray that uh, the conference goes well. And I pray for Mike Blake and just uh, the vision that he gives <coughs> to his church throughout uh, something like this. So, Lord, I do uh, just thank you for uh, just relationships with uh, other churches, other, other bodies of Christ, uh, other bodies uh, that are part of the body of Christ, and that we can just uh, link arms with people like that. And so, Lord, I do pray that you would... Uh, just speak to us today as we get back in your word and get back into this uh, study that we started, uh, that you would just uh, get the honor and the glory. You put me out of the way. Uh, I really don't have much to say. I never do, but I feel like your word uh, has plenty to, to show us. So I pray that we would uh, just be open to hear from you uh, today and uh, really, uh, more than anything, open to uh, to change uh, if you're calling us to change and to be obedient if you're calling us to be obedient and uh, to just really uh, find our place in what you've called us to do. So, uh, Lord, I do pray you speak to us today. Uh, just put the distractions out of the way. Uh, get the honor and the glory in Christ's name. Amen. Okay, so <coughs> a couple, sorry, a couple weeks ago, uh, we started what uh, I guess I'm calling the family life study, right? And so I thought I'd be able to just buzz right through this, and uh, in typical fashion, that's not really happening. It's uh, it's taken its time, and I think it's actually been uh, it, it's good to to work our way through this kind of slow. And so um, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on intro. The reason that we're doing this, where's Brady? He's at home with the sick kids. Oh, I'm just like, wait a minute, something's missing here. Uh, it's all good. <laughs> Sorry, squirrel out completely. Uh, the reason we're doing this is. Um, we're going to go into a study of the book of Jonah, and the book of Jonah is, uh, you know, it, most people know what happens with Jonah. God says, go. He says, no. God says, okay, uh, watch this. And then he's like, oh, God says, go again. And he's like, oh, okay, maybe I will do that. And so anyway, the whole point is like, are are we ready to do exactly what God has called us to do? And so leading into that, I wanted to take some time and just make sure that we understand now, I understand that you guys are all Bible scholars and, you know, you guys are probably miles ahead of all this, but it's been good for me even so far to look back into the basic things that God has told me to do. Uh, and so, you know, the whole purpose of this is just kind of to look at some different areas of our life and uh, to make sure that we don't get too caught up in the everything else that's going on and we can just focus on what is what is the basic that God's told me to do. And so the first portion of this, there's six... Uh, Six things that we're going to look into, uh, but the first one, and we've spent a couple weeks here, is uh, what are my responsibilities when it simply comes to following God? I'm not talking about being a good husband or wife. I'm not talking about being a good parent or a good employee. We'll look at all those things later, but simply what are my responsibilities when it comes to following God? That's the first thing that we're kind of looking into, and so I don't have time to go back and look at them, but uh, we are in the middle of looking at seven things 
that should be found in your life as you follow God. And so we've looked at three of these uh, so far. The first one was you need to simply be following him, whatever that looks like. Go back a couple weeks ago. You can listen to the, the recording, the podcast, or however you want to look at that. And, and then a couple weeks ago, uh, we saw the next two. And the second one was uh, we need to be abiding in him, uh, just simply uh, submersed uh dwelling with Christ. And then the the last one we looked at last or a couple of weeks ago uh the third one was we need to rest in him. Uh you need to find out how to just simply find peace to find rest in Christ. Because I don't know, maybe you are uh the outlier uh in the world we live in, but maybe you're just like I really don't have that much going on and I really feel like I've got extra time uh and I just uh, things are just you know I I'm not busy at all and um the world we live in pulls us a hundred mile an hour in, in 10 different directions all the time. And you need to find a way that you can rest in Christ. So go back and listen to that. I don't have time to redo it. So the, the fourth thing, and I want to try to get through a couple more of these today. Uh, the fourth thing that you should, that this should be found in your life as you follow God is, is you should be, you, you should be able to trust Him. You should be able to trust Him. And so I, I'm, when I look at that, you know, people are like, oh, yeah, I, I know I'm supposed to trust God. Uh, but too often in our life, what we say and what we do, oh, they're completely different, right? What we say is, oh, yeah, I trust God with everything. And what we do is we try to control and manipulate everything. Uh, that's what we do. So if you have your Bibles, open up to uh, Luke chapter 5. We're going to start there today. And all of these things, as I go through this, uh, are just things that Christ himself said. You know, as we get into some other things about, uh, you know, um, you know, being a good spouse or being a good parent, you know, we'll, we'll probably use a lot more of the New Testament. But when it simply comes to following God, I wanted to stick with uh, the things that Jesus himself said. Uh, we can spend a lot of time looking at what everybody else said, but as far as this goes, let's just look at what Jesus has to say. So uh, Luke chapter 5 um, let me get there, sorry. My goodness. I, it's there, I just... I, I'm thinking three steps ahead, uh, which I shouldn't be. That's what happens. So, um, I'm in Corinthians. I'm like, where does this fit in? Anyway, Luke chapter 5 and verse uh, 1. Let's just pick up here. So uh, this actually, if you were here last week uh, for the Lord's Supper, uh, the dude really stole my notes. And so, I, I, I you know, we're going to hit some of this. But I really want to get to the second part of this as well. So you just heard this. Uh, I didn't steal it from him. This has been prepped for a long time. But uh, And it came to pass that uh, as the people pressed upon him to hear the word of God, that he stood by uh, the lake Gennesaret and saw two ships standing by the lake. But the fishermen were gone out of them uh, and were washing the so they fished uh, all night. They've, they've done their, their their stuff. Not not a good uh, a good haul for them. But anyway, that's kind of what's going on. I don't want to spend a ton of time because we just heard this last weekend. Uh, and it says, and he entered into one of the ships, which was Simon's, and he prayed him that he would thrust out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the people out of the ship. Now, when he had left speaking, he said unto Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a drop. So, okay, the, the first thing I want to see here, and the guy talked a lot about it last week, but um, you have to understand at this point, <clears throat> they weren't followers of Christ. They didn't really know. They probably have heard of Jesus and some of the things that he'd been doing, but they weren't the disciples at this point. Uh, Peter and James and John and the guys, uh, they're just dudes who have heard some things, right? And so uh, you can 
go back what 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 the old boy said last week was really good about you know how Jesus will call us in different phases and different stages and uh are you laughing because I called him an old boy? <laughs> Sorry, that's just the way. <laughs> that's just how I roll. Uh, it was actually really good. I I thought it was great. But anyway, so um Anyway, so he'll call us in different phases. You know, he, he first, you know, he, and he says he wants us to launch out of the deep. And Simon answering said unto him, Master, we well, have toiled all the night and have taken nothing. Nonetheless, at thy word, will I let the net down. Uh, let down the net. And when they had done this, uh, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes and their, uh, their net break. Um, so again, we heard all this last week. Uh, you know, they fished all night. Uh, didn't catch anything. Jesus is like, hey, why don't you try this? And they're like, we've already done that. Like, why are we going to do this? And they're like, okay, we'll do it. You know, it's, it's a lot of, it's a lot like what happens, uh, in our own, uh, I guess in my life. I won't, I won't speak for you, but in my life. And I know that the Bible, uh, Jesus is like, hey, why don't you try this? Why don't you do this? And I'm like, hey, guess what? I've already tried that. I've already talked to that person. Uh, I've already, you know, ministered to them i've already went there i've already done that it didn't work right it didn't go well uh but sometimes we just have to simply trust when he says hey this is what i want you to do but anyway i want to get to the uh the second part of this um it says, and when they had done this, they enclosed a great multitude of fish in their net break, and they beckoned unto their partners, which were in the other ship, that they should come and, and, and help them. And they came and filled both the ships that they began to sink. Oh, that's a lot of fish. Now I understand ships are different at that time, but when Simon Peter saw it, this is where it gets really good. He fell down at Jesus' knees saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man. Right? At this point, he's not a disciple. At this point, he's not even like a follower. He just knows about this guy named Jesus. Right? Uh, that happens a lot with the people that we encounter in life. Uh, they know about the things that Jesus has done. They even know maybe about the things that Jesus did in your life. And here's what they'll tell you. I'm glad that's working out for you. I'm glad the Jesus thing works for you, but it's not for me, right? They know about what he has done, but nothing has been personal. But when you see the power of God with your own eyes. Now, with Peter, it took a whole bunch of fish, right? Uh, With you, it maybe took, you know, something miraculous happening in your life, something tragic happened in your life. Who knows? Like, God reaches out to people in a lot of different ways. But when you see what God can do with your own eyes, it doesn't just become, oh yeah, I believe it, but I trust it. Like, I, I know that it's going to happen. I can believe, go back to the, uh, back when, I, I used this as an example when I preached, I don't know, a month or so, a couple months ago, but we went, we went skydiving. Paige had always wanted to go skydiving. I always thought it was the dumbest thing in the world. I'm like, why would you jump out of a perfectly good airplane? Like, ne- just, no desire to do it whatsoever. But I knew it was something she always wanted to do. <clears throat> I'm like, okay, we can do this. There's a point where you believe, hey, the parachute's probably going to open, right? But you're probably not going to jump out of the plane unless you get to a point where it's like, I really trust that this thing's going to open. Uh, and even so much so that I'm like, I trust the guy that I'm with. Like, I know that I don't want to die, but I'm guessing he doesn't want to die either. So like, you know, we'll do this together. It is what it is. But there's a difference in believing something and actually trusting something. Uh, you can believe what your kid says when he says, I have no idea what happened to the cookies, right? You can believe when they say, I have no idea what happened to this. And you're looking at them and you're like, man, it's all over your face, right? You can believe them, but it's a completely different thing to trust them. But <clears throat> Peter, when he actually sees 
the power of God. It goes from something like, hey, I believe this guy can do something, to he starts to trust. He says he saw it. He fell down at Jesus' knees saying, depart from me, for I am a sinful man. For he was astonished. And all that were with him. It's not just Peter. He was astonished. There has to be a point in your life, sometime, something. Hopefully there's a whole lot of points in your life that you can look back on where it wasn't just like, hey, I think Jesus can do that. Hey, I think that he could help in this area of my life. Hey, I think that he could change me or change uh, the, the, the circumstances that I'm in. But you look back and you're just astonished. Like, hopefully you have something that you immediately think back to. It should be your salvation. It could be a whole lot of things since your salvation. But you look back and you're just like, that was only because of Christ. I couldn't have done that. I couldn't have even really been a part of that. And I look back and I'm just astonished at what Jesus has done. When you have moments like that in your life, it's a little easy to trust, a little easier to trust, right? It's a little easier to be like, okay, you want me to do, now you want me to do this? I guess I will. I guess I can because I've seen the things that you can do. I've seen the things that you have done. I look at other people's lives. I remember uh, one of the the first things when, when when I got saved, you know, we were living for us completely, Paige and I, in different ways. You know, there were so many different ways that God got a hold of our hearts. But uh, I remember uh, getting saved and just giving my life to Christ. And I'm like, okay, this is, it was, I was, I was high on the Jesus juice. We'll just say that. Like, it was completely, my life was transformed. And I remember thinking, this is really awesome. And there's, there's people in my family that need this. At the time, I was really close with my brother. Uh, and I remember thinking, for as messed up as I was, and I was pretty messed up, like I was completely into myself and all that. I'm like, my brother's even worse, right? He is, he is really gone off the deep end. And I remember thinking, God is, God is amazing. He can do this in my life, uh, even my wife's life. Things are changing in our marriage. Things are great. But there's just no way that my brother will ever get there. There's no way that God could ever get a hold of him. And it, I, I had one of those and I, I call it one of the, uh, Jesus saying, Hey, watch this moments. And within like two weeks, of, of me getting saved. And immediately, I, the best way that I know how, I'm trying to con my brother into coming to church. I'm like, hey, I tell you what, if, if you'll, if you'll come to church with me, we'll go play golf afterwards. And we used to try to do anything to go hang out, to do different things together. And we were in this phase where we played a lot of golf. I used to play a lot of golf. And I'm like, we'll go play golf afterwards. His wife's in on it too. And she's like, oh yeah, if anything you can do to get Brad to church, just do that. And, you know, I remember, you know, just using anything to get him in the church. And it was within like two weeks. The dude just gives up everything in his life. And I'm just like, this is, this is absolutely insane. It was just me standing back, just astonished at what God can do. You know, and just think, God can do that in anybody's life. God can do that in any situation in your life. And so we just simply have to trust. It says that not only was he, but all that were with him at the draught of fishes that they had taken. And so was also James and John's son of Zebedee, which were partners with Simon. And Jesus said, uh, unto Simon, fear not. From henceforth thou shalt catch men. Now, when he says that, that means something. It didn't just mean that, hey, you're not going to catch fish anymore. Uh, what he's trying to say is, I've done something really cool. I've done something that you can see tangibly that there's power in what I do. Are, are, you, are you in or are you out? That's basically what he's saying. Because he says, when they had brought, uh, and when they had brought their ships to land, they forsook all and followed him. Basically what he said is, You've seen what I can do. Are you in or are you out? Um, I need to know. Like, are, are you buying into what I'm doing here? Because 
They didn't just like, oh, now I'm going to throw church into my routine. That's what some Christians do. Oh, they throw a, I'll come to church, you know, a couple times a month into their routine. Oh, I'll, you know, whatever it is. I'll, I'll pray every now and then. I'll, I'll do the thing. What Jesus says is, you've seen what I can do. Are you in or are you out? Because if you're in, and most of you can testify to this because I've seen it in your life, when you say, okay, I'm in, things change and they change radically. And it doesn't mean that like you don't get to do any of the fun things anymore. Too often Americans think that, oh, if you, if you go to church, you don't get to do anything fun. You can't do all that. Like, I do a lot of things that I actually enjoy doing now that I didn't get to do before because I was just controlled by the sin in my life. I was controlled by the, you know, the things that were just dragging me down all the time. When you say, yeah, I'm in, um, things are going to change for the better. Uh, relationships are going to change. Uh, you may not hang out with the same people anymore. That's okay, right? Or maybe you do hang out with the same people and they start to see that there's a change in your life. Whatever it is, the question is like, you've seen what Jesus can do. I don't think anybody in here would say that I've never really seen something, right? That one thing or multiple things. The question is, do you trust him to continue to do it? Are you in or are you out? Right. If you're going to simply be uh, following God, I'm not talking about being a, a better spouse, a better parent, a better employee, all of those things. If you're simply just going to say, yes, I'll follow you, you're going to have to trust him. You can't follow somebody that you don't trust. Right? You just don't. You won't follow somebody you don't trust. Uh, ladies, the Bible says that you're supposed to submit to your own husbands because for this is right, right? And you're like, why are you talking about that? I'm just saying, like, sometimes it's hard to submit to somebody who... You just don't trust, right? At some point, you have to trust him. You have to trust that even if he's an idiot, right? Talking about your husband for a minute. You have to trust that even if he's an idiot, that he's following Jesus. And that, you know, if if Jesus is Lord, he'll take care of it, right? At some point, you have to trust. Now, guys, I could give you a whole lot of circumstances, scenarios as well. But the point is, like, do you trust? Do you trust him? Flip over to Matthew chapter 14. It's one of my favorite stories in the Bible. Matthew chapter 14. Start in verse 22. Okay, so we're a little ways down the road now. Uh, obviously, the gospel is the same story over and over again um, in different perspectives. But so at this point, Peter, James, and John, the, you know, the crew, they are disciples. They are followers. They've been following for a while. Uh, and so something like we just talked about, an astonishing moment, like a, wow, I can't believe Jesus just did that, just happened. This is right after Jesus was like, hey, uh, I'm going to preach to these people. And then uh, they're like way out in the middle of nowhere. And the disciples are like, hey, you probably ought to send these guys back to town so they can get some food. And he's like, no, I'll feed them. He's like, uh, we don't have very much food here. We got like a couple fish and a little bit of bread and, uh, you know the story. And he's like, hey, watch this, right? Again, Jesus says, hey, watch this. And he feeds 5,000 people so much so that like they, they pick up more food than they had than they started with. And it's just like a, I don't know how Jesus did that. You know, now obviously we might not see something quite like to this magnitude in our own face, but, uh, when you see somebody that you never thought would, uh, get saved, uh, get saved or when you see somebody that you know the doctor said there's no way that they're going to survive and now they're you know they're healed or or whatever like these things do happen and so they're astonished this they're just like i can't believe that just happened you just fed five thousand people and we've got more food than we had when we started with okay so now pick up in 
verse uh, 22. And straightway, so this had just happened, Jesus constrained his disciples to get into the, get into a ship and to go before him to the other side while he sent the multitudes away. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up into a mountain apart uh, to pray. Now, side note, uh, it's important to have quiet time, even if you're Jesus. So if Jesus makes time to do it, I think maybe we should in our, to- uh, our lives as well. Sometimes you just need to have some time alone with God. But anyway, that's just kind of like a little tidbit that's thrown in there. It says, uh, and when evening has not come, uh, he was there alone. But the ship was now in the midst of the sea, tossed with waves, for the wind was contrary. So it's storming, things are crazy, uh, you know, it, it's not looking good. And you know, the disciples are out in the boat, they're like, Jesus is gone, we don't know where he's at, he told us to come, he's got us in this situation. You ever been in a situation like this where you're like, things are not going well. I know Jesus told me to come here, but things are not going well. Right. I know he told me to get in this ministry, but this is not what I envisioned. Right. I know he said that we're supposed to do this. But so this is kind of what's going on. It says in the fourth watch of the night. So uh, fourth watch of the night, it's between uh, 3 a.m. and 6 a.m. Right. First watch is it's the way that they do time in the Bible is kind of weird. But first watch is from uh, 6 p.m. to 9, 9 to midnight, midnight to 3. So it's the fourth watch of the night. So they've been out there a while. In the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them walking on the sea. This dude's just like over and over again showing these guys like, hey, watch this. Hey, watch this. You ever seen this? Hey, try this. You know, and so he's walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying it is a spirit. And they cried out for fear. Like, it doesn't matter how many times they, these guys have seen Jesus do something crazy. When it happens again, they're like, oh, my gosh, should we believe it? Oh, my gosh, can, can we buy into this? Can we? They don't know what's going on. It's a spirit. And they cried out for fear. But straightway Jesus spake unto them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I, be not afraid. And I know what they're thinking. You say what you want. Like, the ship's about to flip over here. Like, this is not good. Things are not going the way that they're supposed to be going. There'll be times in ministry. There'll be times in life. There'll be times in relationships that uh, you'll hear Jesus say, Hey, just take a chill pill. And you'll be like, uh, Do you see what's happening here? There ain't nobody chilling at all. Like, things are crazy. Like, I'm not much one to freak out, but we're freaking out right now. Things are not good. <laughs> Sorry. Like, this is not what we thought was going to happen. Oh, that's the problem. That's not what you thought was going to happen. Uh, it's exactly what Jesus thought was going to happen. So he comes, he's rolling out there, he's walking on the water. And Peter answered, he's like, okay, I'm not supposed to be afraid. Answered him, Lord, if it be thou, bid me to come out on the water. And Jesus is like, all right then, right? Now, I understand that's not what it says, but that's that's what he's like. He's like, come on. That's what he says. And he said, come. And when Peter came down out of the ship, what does it say? He sunk? No. It says he walked on the water to go to Jesus. Now, if you just stopped right there, like this has got to be one of the most miraculous, crazy, like I can't believe this is happening in my life moments. When Peter's like, this is something that doesn't happen. And Jesus is like, why don't you try it? And then he's walking on the water. It doesn't say that like he ran really fast, you know, and and made it a couple steps before he started to sing. No, it says he was walking on the water. That's what it says. Now, pause this for a minute. What's this look like in your life? Because it's like, yeah, uh, I can... I can walk on the water when it's frozen, right? Uh, I can I can do a lot of things. But what does this look like in your life? Like, practically, what does this look like? It looks a lot like, you know, Jesus saying, 
hey, there's this trip I want you to go on. It's like halfway around the world. You don't got no money, right? Uh, you don't even want to leave, uh, but you know that I'm calling you. Uh, it, it looks a lot like, hey, there's this ministry that I want you to get involved in. And you're like, absolutely not. That is not for me, right? You want me to get in a jail ministry? Like, I want to be as far away from the jail as possible at all times, right? Whatever it is, you, you fill in the blank. Jesus is like, hey, and, and you're like, you know he's calling you to do it. You fill in the blank, whatever it is. So much so that he has even said, come on. And you're like, I can't do that. And then you go. You get on the plane for 18 hours, right? I've been there. I've done that. Like, to be on one plane for 18 hours is a long freaking time, right? And you go. And all the things that you thought, there's no way that I can do this. This is completely not me. Like, I am, I would rather be at home. I'm, I'm rather just in my comfort zone and... And then all of a sudden, what you're doing is you're walking in the water. You're doing something that to you seems completely impossible. That's what that looks like in your life. Because you might be like, okay, yeah, I'm not going to walk on the water. Well, I bet if Jesus told you to, you could. I'm just saying, whatever it is in your life, there will be times that you look and you're just like, walking on water would be easier than this, right? It would be easier in my life to, to figure out how to walk on water than to do what he's asking me to do, to do what I'm being called to do. But that's not how it ends, because this is what happens. We're a lot like Peter is. He says, come, and when Peter was come down to the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried, saying, Lord, save me. No, no, I'm guessing he's screaming at this point. Uh, full on freak out mode. Like, I, I am going to die. It's not just that I'm sinking, but there's waves and there's wind and I don't know what's gonna happen. Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him and said unto him, Good job walking on the water, Peter. That's not what he says. Sometimes we don't hear the, the easy things from Jesus. Sometimes we hear the hard things. O thou of little faith. Wherefore didst thou doubt? And when they were coming to the ship, the wind ceased. Like, again, storming, crazy. As soon as they get in the ship, just the wind just stops. Again, they've got to be like, this guy, I don't know how he does what he does. This is absolutely crazy. But the point is, like, what does this look like? What would you say about VeggieTales? I've seen that once in VeggieTales. <laughs> that's right. This, that's what happens with us. Like, Jesus says go, and we're like, okay, I'll do it. And it will be the, the most miraculous thing that you've ever done. Like, the most fulfilling thing that you've ever done. You might be like, that's not fulfilling to me. Let me just say, when you go, you'll know. Whatever it is. When you go, you'll know. Um, but what happens is we start to look around. And we start to see all of the things that could happen. You want me to go on a trip? Well, what happens if the plane crashes? Well, that's that's not a really good country to be in right now, right? I won't be safe there. I can't do that. The people won't like me. I can't teach that class. I can't give a devotion. They'll think I'm stupid, right? We start to look at all of the things that could go wrong. And all of the things that honestly should go wrong in the world that we live in. We take our eyes off of Jesus. We start to look at all of everything else. Right? We start to look at... A 
Oh, but the wind's blowing, the waves are crashing, right? The ship's sinking. And he totally, he totally forgot that if you look down, he's walking on the water, right? He's, he's doing something that he, he can't do anyway. He's not trusting. Like, you take your eyes off Christ and you start to look at everything else that's happening. You start to look at, oh my gosh, the, our, our marriage is falling apart. Our kids are going crazy, right? I, I've lost my job. I need this. I gotta do that. All these things are happening. And the next thing you know, you're in total freak out mode. And you, there's no trust in your life other than the things that you can control. And you start to, you know, do all the things and you're pulling all the strings and trying to make everything happen. You know what happens when you do that? The world will come crashing down. You just got to simply focus on Christ. What did He tell me to do? And just simmer there. Like, simmer down right there. This is what He told me to do. Okay, it's stormy. Like, it's not good right now. Okay, well, you know what? I can trust that I can have peace because this is where He told me to be. This is what He told me to do, and I'm just going to do that. It seems crazy. Right? You want me to get on an airplane and go where? You want me to go talk to who? You want me to get in what ministry? You want me to... If that's what he said to do, just simply do it. The world's going to think you're crazy. Awesome. Right? Perfect. They'll see something different. When you take your eyes off of Christ, man, it's going to get bad. Even you who's been saved for however long, you take your eyes off Christ, it's going to get bad. It just will. But if you can just simply stay focused, don't be surprised when you look back and you're like, I'm walking on the water. This is, this is pretty stinking cool. You gotta trust him. Alright, next one, we gotta get through another one in eight minutes or less. Okay, uh, so you're gonna trust, uh, the only thing that naturally could come after trust is you gotta obey. You gotta trust and obey. Um, there is no other way. That's what the song says, man. Uh, Luke chapter six. I could spend a lot of time on this obedience thing. Um, I think I, I hit it enough as we go, but you got to be willing to be obedient. You, you got to be obedient. That's just all there is to it. If Christ has called you to it, you, you've got to just you've got to obey. Luke chapter six, verse forty-six. We, we use this uh, passage a lot of times and we're like, oh yeah, you need to have your, your life built on a rock, right? And he uses this example of, you know, it's like having a house built on a firm foundation and everything. But what we forget is what he likens it to. Luke chapter 6 and verse uh, 46. And he says, Jesus says, and why call you me Lord, Lord, and do not the things which I say? He's like, why are you calling me Lord if you ain't going to obey me? Like, it doesn't make sense. You're saying this and you're doing that. And that's not... It's not looking good. Whosoever cometh to me and heareth my sayings and doeth them, I'll show you who he's like. If you're somebody who hears what I say to do and you look at your life and you're like, huh, that doesn't really line up with my life, I maybe should make an adjustment. Hey, that's not what the Bible says I ought to be doing. That's not the way that I'm supposed to be doing that. I need to, you know, change my life to be more like him instead of trying to change him to be more like my life. That's what we do. We take the Bible and we're like, we take the things that we like out of it. We're like, oh yeah, I can do that, that, and that. But that part, uh, I'll find a version that just doesn't have that in there. And it'll match my life and I'll be perfect. Right? That's that's not what it says. But it says, whomsoever cometh to me, hears what I say and does it. I'll show you to whom he's like. He's like a man who built his house and dig deep and laid the foundation on a rock. And when, not if, but when the flood arose, because guess what? The flood will come. 
It, it just will. When the flood arose, the stream beat, beat vehemently upon that house, and he could not shake it, for it was founded upon a rock. But he that heareth and doeth not, I can tell you what he's like, is like a man without a foundation built uh, he, without a foundation, built a, a house upon the earth, and against uh, which the stream did beat vehemently, and immediately it fell, and the ruin of that house was great. Okay, well, he's not really talking about a house here. What he's talking about is you, you so-called follower, who says, oh yeah, I'm going to follow Jesus, but when it doesn't line up with the way you want to live, you don't do it. Well, guess what's going to happen? You will fall. It just happens. The storm will come. It just will. Not if, but when it comes. You're not going to be ready for it, right? You've got to be obedient. If he says to do it, you've got to do it. it it's, it's kind of like being a parent. You tell your kid, hey, I need you to do this. Well, why? Because if you touch it, it's going to burn you, dummy. Like, that's why. That's just how it, that's what happens. You've got to listen. It's the same thing with Jesus sometimes. Only he, he's a lot nicer. He never, he's never called me dummy yet, but like, I feel like it sometimes. Like, hey, I need you to not do that. But why? Because it's in your best interest, that's why. Like, why are you asking? Just obey. John chapter 13, flip over there. I reference this story a lot because it just blows my mind that it was actually happening. Uh, Jesus sits down with the disciples at this point, he already knows that Judas is getting ready to betray him. And he sits down and he starts to wash their feet. And the picture of what's going on here is just, like, the more you meditate on it, the more you're like, why would he do that? <laughs> right? And you just have to understand, like, they didn't have uh, shoes like we did. Every, their feet were the most disgusting part of their body. It's just the, everything about it. You know, why would he, what was he doing here? But anyway, uh, John chapter 13. It says, now before the, verse 1, now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus... Uh, knew that his hour was come, that he should depart out of the world unto the Father. Uh, having loved his own, which were in the world, he loved them unto the end. Uh, and supper being ended, the devil having now put into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands, that he was come from God and went unto God. Okay, so all this is going on. Verse 4. He riseth from supper, laid aside his garments, and took a towel, and girded himself. And he poureth water into a basin, now, the disciples at this point got to be like, what in the world is he doing? Like, we've seen Jesus do a lot of things. What is he doing now? Like, are we supposed to be learning from this? I don't know what to do. Like, they're just like, they're silent. What is happening here? It says, uh, he took a towel, girded himself, and he poured water in the basin, and began to wash the disciples' feet, and to wipe them with the towel wherewith he was girded. It, it doesn't say that they're like, that nobody says anything. They're just, it's, it's happening. You know, it's the, I don't know why it's happening, but this is happening. I'm sure there's going to be something that happens. So leave it to Peter uh, to have something to say, right? Uh, leave it to, to Peter. Then he cometh to Simon Peter. Uh, and Peter saith unto him, Lord, dost thou wash my feet? What he's basically saying is, you're not going to wash my feet. Like, this is not, this is not right. Like, you are Lord. It's what he calls him. You're, you're everything. Um, this is like the lowest of low that somebody could do. You're not going to do this. Um, his pride gets in the way. That's what happens to us. Our pride gets in the way. You No, you're not going to do that. Right? Um, Jesus answered and said unto him, What I do thou knowest not, but thou shalt know hereafter. 
Thou shalt know hereafter. Peter saith unto him, Thou shalt never wash my feet. Jesus answered him, Man, Peter, you got to listen to what's going on. What I do, thou knowest not. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, if I wash, uh, verse 8, uh, Jesus answered him, If I wash thou not, thou hast no part with me. Okay, so Peter's like, No, you're not going to do this. Absolutely not. Uh, you're not going to happen. And what Peter, or what Jesus basically says is, Hey, what I'm doing here, it's spiritual. Like, it's not just, you need to get on board with what's happening here. And so again, Peter, he's not just like, oh, okay. No, it, he goes all in, because that's what Peter does. He doesn't just like roll with the punches. Man, he goes all in. <laughs> oh, this is a spiritual thing. Simon Peter saith to him, Lord, not my feet only, but my hands and my head. He's like, oh, if this is a spiritual thing, I need all the blessing. Come on, give, give it all to me, Jesus. I didn't realize that that's what was happening here. If that's the case, I need more than everybody else, right? Yeah, in my hands, too. They're pretty dirty. And, man, my head, yeah, I, I need all the blessing. Give me some more of that blessing, Jesus. That's what we do, man. We're like, oh, I didn't realize that this was a spiritual thing. I just thought I was supposed to talk to my neighbor. I don't even like the guy, right? I just thought I was supposed to, you know, roll into church. I didn't know that it was, like, going to change my life. I Oh! And Jesus is just like, man, this guy, he just doesn't get it. Jesus saith unto him, verse 10, He that is washed needeth not save to wash his feet, but is clean every whit. And ye are clean, but not all. He's talking about, Judas, for he knew him uh, who should betray him. Therefore, he said, you're not all clean. So after he had washed their feet and had taken his garment and sat down again, he saith unto them, know you know what, uh, know you what I have done? You call me master and Lord and say, well, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and master, have washed your feet, ye also ought to wash one another's feet. For this I have given you as an example that you should do as I have done unto you. Verily, verily, I say unto you, the servant is not greater than his Lord, neither is he that sent greater than he that sent him. If you know these things, happy are you that do them. What happens in our life is Jesus rolls in and he's like, hey, I want to do something. And you're like, I don't really understand what you're wanting to do here. And he's like, hey, just shut up. That's not what he says. That's what I'll say, right? Just be quiet. I'm kind of full of it today. I don't know. Just, just stop talking. Cause that's what we do. We talk a lot and we like stop talking and just watch. Yes, I'm going to use you. Just watch. And we're just like, but, oh, well, I want, I want to be so involved in it that like, Jesus is just like, just, just roll with it, man. Stop trying to like get in the way of what I'm doing. And you're like, too often, here's what we do. Well, it's my life. No, it's not. If you gave your life to Christ, He's Lord. Right? Take the Jesus is my co-pilot sticker off your car and get in the trunk where you belong. Let Him drive. Like, just, just let Him drive. He's rolling. So just roll with it. Because what He says is, hey, what you're gonna see here is I'm showing you something. Are you willing to do as I told you to do? Right? Are you willing to be obedient? Because too often we're like, yes, I want my kids to be obedient. Well, not always, but a lot of times when people are like, hey, my kids are absolutely chaos. Well, because that's a lot what it looks like with you and Jesus. Uh, 
Not always. Like, there's rebellious kids. I get it. But for the most part, like, the apple doesn't fall far, fall far from the tree. Right? Um, you're not very obedient either, is what I want to tell the parents. You know, monkey see, monkey do. That's just, like, that, that's what happens. Why is the monkey smarter than the disciple? It should be disciple see, disciple do. But we don't. Like, we just, we want to get in the middle of it. Guess what? Just roll with it. If that's what Christ has told you to do, if He says, hey, watch this. I want to use you for a minute. I want to show you something. Now go and do this. Are you going to be obedient? Or are you going to be like, yeah, I don't, I don't really want to do that. That's, that's not something I really want to do. That's not up my alley. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I guess washing people's feet, that was like Jesus calling in life. No, He was doing it to show you something. But guess what? It might be your calling in life. Are you willing to be obedient? Are you willing to just say, here am I, send me? Because too often, we might trust Him, but do you trust Him enough to obey Him? Because uh, they kind of need to go hand in hand. You can say, oh yeah, I trust you to save my soul. Oh, but you want me to change the way that I raise my kids? Oh, you want me to change the way that I do this or change the way... Yeah, it, it, they kind of go hand in hand. If you're going to trust, you're going to obey. And on the flip side... Um, you might be the only one that is fooled, that you're not fooling anyone when you're like, oh yeah, I told everybody that I got saved and I'm following Jesus, but you know, I'm, I'm pulling the wool over their eyes because I'm doing whatever I want. Uh, you look like a fool. Everybody sees what's going on here, right? Like, you're not fooling anybody. You're either going to live for him or you're not. You're either in or you're out. Like, it, there is no like halfway, you know, part-time Christians. It doesn't work like that. Are you in or are you out? Are you going to obey or are you not? That's really what it boils down to. Like, and don't do it because I told you to. Don't do it because you think the, the preacher's watching or somebody's watching. You better do it because, uh, I don't know, maybe something like the Holy Spirit lives inside of you. Like Jesus is part of what you're doing now. And so the things that you're doing that you know you ought not be doing, you're dragging Jesus through those things. Yeah, I want to be there when you get to explain that to him at the judgment seat of Christ. Hey, you could have been using this time to go and do this, but instead you were doing what? Yeah. Are you in or are you out? That's what you really have to ask. Am I trusting? Am I obeying? We'll get to the last two next week. Let's pray. Sorry if we went over time. Father, I love you. I thank you for today. Thank you for uh, just loving us, Lord. I thank you for just the basic things that you've asked us to do. And sometimes we just muddy everything up. But I do pray that um, this was maybe convicting to somebody and they're just willing to say, you know, if this is what he wants me to do, I'm going to do it. And it's uncomfortable and it's not in my wheelhouse, but I'm going to do it because that's what he wants me to do. And so, Lord, I just pray that uh, you really are calling uh, all men to you uh, to be more like you. Uh, And, Lord, I thank you for being the perfect example uh, of what we need to do. So I pray that we are obedient. I pray that we do completely trust you. And I pray that we don't take our eyes off of you because that's when things get messed up. Lord, I pray that you would just uh, preach through Pastor Brian today. Uh, just to uh, get all the honor and the glory. Uh, just use us this week uh, to get your gospel where it needs to go, uh, whatever that looks like in our lives. In Christ's name, amen.